What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Star Jobbers Podcast. I'm Cody. And I am Roderick Strong's hospital bag technician. And I think you're going to have your work cut out for you this week. I just got to get the old WD-40, you know, give it a good spritzing. Yeah, nothing a little elbow grease and a little WD-40 can't fix. Some duct tape here and there. Uh, Elbow grease? I I guess if Roddy pays for it? Maybe. I don't know. He's he's probably losing all that money in hospital. The five-knuckle shuffle is not as cheap as it used to be. (laughs) But anyway, guys... Thank you so much for joining us on another episode here. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you haven't gone back and listened to our other episodes, go back and check some of the stuff we've had before on the show. It's we've, pretty awesome. I think it's awesome. Well, it, if you listen to last week's show, then this week's show will make a lot of sense. Yeah. So what we did is, if you listen to the last one, we did kind of a review on the free agent list for people that are either leaving different companies. And or, we, we teased the fact that there were going to be WWE releases before the end of last week, we right. didn't know what they were yet, so we didn't speculate on who it was going to be. But I don't think there was anybody on this list that really surprised anybody. Right. That's Ma- in the only like maybe one or two. I'll, I'll be generous. I'll, well, no, I'm not going to be generous on this one. I'll say maybe one surprised me. Okay. I don't know. I'll be interested. I'll be interested to hear that one because honestly, none of them surprised me. Right. And, and we'll get into it here in just a little bit. But before we get into that, make sure you go to our social media pages. We are on Facebook and Instagram. YouTube is coming up. Don't worry. We have content that's coming. We will let you know a specific date. I promise you guys, it's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. You get to see our beautiful faces on the YouTube, on the interwebs. I think it's going to be great. My mom tells me I'm really handsome. <laughs> I've had people tell me I have the face for radio. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and for all you Gen Z uh, p- uh, listeners out there, uh, we're bussing. That's no right. No cap. <laughs> No idea what that means. That's, that's I'm I, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a dad to Gen Z kids, and I'm trying to be cool. Just just go with it, okay? Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm trying I, to get I'm trusting I'm, you. I'm trying to get Riz. I'm tr- <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm gonna trust you on that. Hopefully. I don't know what Riz is. I I, I don't know. <laughs> back in my day, it sounded like something that you go to a free clinic to get rid of. And that. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh man, I think we just lost our Gen Z audience on this thing. They're probably looking at us or listening to us like, oh my gosh, how do these guys have a podcast right now? I guess they would say that we're uh, we're taking an L. Probably. Yeah, we'll take an L on this one. We're, we're doing too much. Yeah, we're, we're trying too hard. Yeah. We need to just kind of tone it down a little bit and just stick with what we know. But anyway, we digress. So, we have YouTube coming up. We will let you know a specific date on that. But thank you guys for listening and thank you for supporting us. I specifically want to give a shout out to someone who has definitely helped us with promoting our show. Oh, yeah. And just given us a huge boost to our audience and just given us an opportunity to be able to share our passion with other people that are in the wrestling industry. Mr. Bill Weaver, we can't thank you enough Mm -hmm. for all that you've done to help us out with this podcast. If you don't know who Bill Weaver is, we had him previously on the podcast. It was our first interview. Wasn't he? Was no, your... I think he was our second. Oh yeah, you're right. Second well, we, interview. We, yeah, we interviewed Galen and him right. uh, in the same weekend, but then we ended up uh, releasing yeah. them apart. But yeah, so right. for, yeah, he was in the he was same day, so it kind right. of runs together. Yes, same weekend, but it was a different but yeah, week. Uh, does he mind if we tell the, fa- the the listeners about his upcoming event? I think we'll save that for a little bit. A little later. bit closer, yeah. Because okay. there, there's some details that haven't been finalized that haven't yet. Out yet. Okay. So we want to kind of just we'll, we'll tease it just a little bit, but we don't want to give away too much. But 
there is an event coming up that we're going to be going to. There's actually a couple of events that we'll be going to in the next couple of months. Uh, October 21st, we'll be going to Hope Championship Wrestling over in Thomaston, Georgia. I, I hope I'm saying that correctly. But we'll be going there to do our first live commentary there. I'm excited about it. I know John's excited about it. This is going to be part of our first little segment when we have our YouTube channel up together. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And then in November... That's when we go over to Solid Rock Championship Wrestling. That's where we'll see Bill and everybody there. And I've been told that there's going to be some very special people on the card for the event in Thomasville at Solid Rock. Nice. I'm not going to give any details away, but if you want to know more information, go and check out Bill Weaver's page for Freedom Force Unlimited. They have created something where they're pretty much promoting every prom uh, wrestling promotion in the southeastern area, in North Florida, Georgia, pretty much anywhere that there's professional wrestling going on in the southeast, they're promoting it. Which Bill. is really, I mean, that's an amazing thing to do. Like, exactly. One of the things I love about Bill is like his just the the love and respect that he has for all things professional wrestling business, and you know, he is just he's all about as he says, putting butts in seats every eighteen inches. That's, exactly. That's the motto. Um, and you know, he's, he's helped us out. He's been invaluable to, to our growth, our understanding, getting connected with different people here and there. And, yeah, he's just someone who loves the business and puts, you know, puts any kind of personal stuff aside to make sure that he's promoting for the best interests of the fans, of the, of the, the talent, right. and of the communities. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, you know, we really appreciate him. We appreciate all the promotions that uh, have been have reached out a hand and have given us an opportunity to, uh, to work with them. So we're really excited. And all, any and all listeners, um, you, know, go, you know, listen back, type it into the old Google machine, get your dates and times, be there. It's going to be great. I'm telling you. And like, like we said before, just thank you so much to Bill and also to Kyle as well. Kyle is yeah. uh, Bill's son. The whole Weaver family. Yeah, thank you. all the Weavers, thank you so much for all your continuous support. It is greatly appreciated. And we look forward to going to all these different promotions and all these different events. And it's like I always say, guys, you don't have to always spend hundreds of dollars to go to WWE or AEW. Not saying that you can't. Not saying that AEW and WWE events are not great. They are. But if you're looking for a cheaper option where you can still experience the same kind of entertainment and get some good food as well, go to your local promotions. Go to your local shows. You'll see the exact same type of entertainment. It won't be the greatest production like WWE where there's fireworks and all these other grand things, but you're still going to be entertained. You're still going to get to see great wrestling. You're going to be entertained. And you're going to get to see a lot of fans of professional wrestling and meet some great people along the way. And honestly, you'll probably be more entertained than you are when you watch WWE or AEW because those shows, just like any promotion, have formulas and have specific writers and specific ways of doing things that become predictable. Right. And so when you go to these indie shows, you don't know what you're going to see. Right. And there's kind of a level of excitement there. It's you know, the, the only thing I can really compare it to is, you know, for people who are big into local music and such, when you go to local music venues and you hear somebody that you haven't heard before and you realize, man, there's some really good talent that's not on the radio. Right. That's essentially what this is. It's just the talent that's not on the radio. Exactly. And, and you never uh, know. You may go to an independent show and you may see someone who eventually is going to end up on TV somewhere. Yep. You might see the next... Uh, the Rock, you might see the next Stone Cold or some well, of these I mean, other guys. Seth, we got guys like Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, you know, uh, the Young Bucks. All those guys worked in indies and they worked in high school gymnasiums. 
Uh, and now they're some of the biggest names in the industry making millions of dollars. So. Exactly. So like we said, go support your local shows. Go support your local promotions. And I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. I mean, you might be disappointed in a lot of things, but you won't be disappointed in the shows. Exactly. I mean, I can't <laughs> confirm like marriages, job satisfaction, or, you know, maybe you just have a really bad BM one day. Like, you know, <laughs> disappointment happens, but but professional wrestling is always there for you. Exactly. You need it. But anyway, let's get into our first segment here. So, like we said before, we did the free agent list on the last episode. Those were the voluntary free agents. Right. Now, the, this is the other side of the coin. This is based off of the recent merger that just occurred and is mm-hmm. finalized now. And we knew that there was going to be some people that were going to be dropped from WWE. Yep. And lo and behold, it happens. We have the list right here. We're not going to go through every single name. We're just going to touch on the ones that have really been prolific in WWE or have had somewhat prolific. I would That's uh, a very strong adjective, sir. Back well, that one down. Well, one in particular. One. One in particular, one. and you'll see why. One. But only. the like, rest the rest of them are subpar. They're like I'm just now, I'm see, gonna go ahead, like, I, I'm, I'm going to disagree. Get, All right, I don't think they're subpar. Some I'll say have not really been showcased and don't really have much going on or didn't have anything going on with WWE, but a lot of these but some of these have had a lot of history with WWE and, and have had get, good I careers. Get, and I get what you're saying, and as, as we get into it, you know, our our disagreements will be fully uh, fleshed out. But I, I, on the whole, I'm just going to say it: when the list came out, not a single one of these actually surprised me. Only I mean, one surprise. One, me. maybe two, made me go, "Oh, it's finally that time." Right. But that's what my that was my reaction was, "Oh, it's finally that time." Like they've missed on a couple cut lists. Right. They didn't miss this cut list. Um, not to say because they're not good at what they do, they're just not killing it enough to be on the roster in WWE. And like I just I'm gonna say this. There's there's no one on the list, including the ones that are really good, that I'm gonna sit there and say, as of right now with WWE's product, they're gonna skip a beat without these talents. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. But at the same time, only one really surprised me, and yeah. we'll get into it right here in a second. But first one that we'll get into, uh, Matt Riddle. So, so here's a little... The situation with that is a little different than everything else. It's a little wonky, because he didn't come on the original list, and I don't know that... I don't know that he was long planned to be on this list, or, or if that was a recent development. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure either. I hadn't really gone yeah. read into it much, but I don't with, want to speculate because, given the nature of, of some of the things that are going on, I definitely don't want to have anything to do with it in today's modern culture. Exactly. Uh, but we'll just say that he he levied uh, complaints against uh, certain. Uh, I want to say. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, it, it's, um, flight flight security, whatever. Yeah, something like uh, that's, that. That's it's, that's, it's, that's that's all we're gonna say. He levied a complaint. Posted it on his social medias, then pulled it down. We haven't seen him on TV since. But at the same time, with the merger and everything like that, uh, I mean, I think Dana White's gone on note uh, on public record multiple times as not a Matt Riddle fan. Not right. that I would think this has anything like that Dana White has any actual influence over any of these decisions. Right. But uh, um, I don't know. I think maybe it. I think maybe this was just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back because Reels had a couple backstage issues here and there, yeah. you know, for one reason or another. This the, might have just been the a thing good about time Matt, to go ahead and, and... The thing about Matt is that 
his mouth kind of gets him in a lot of yeah. trouble. Like well, it's the, got the him most a lot of heat with some like big time talent. Like the biggest one I Brock would think of is well, I would say that and Goldberg. Because Goldberg, I, know, I mean Goldberg's a big time talent, but I you know I don't think Goldberg has the backstage pull that Brock Lesnar does. No, but of the two, like between the two, I wouldn't want to be in an altercation with either one of them. No, absolutely at not. all. No. But I remember watching the video of the whole uh, interaction that he and Riddle had. I can't remember if it was WrestleMania or when it was, but I just see Goldberg pretty much look at him because the whole time Matt Riddle kept calling him bro, and I just see the nerve. And Goldberg's head just getting bigger and bigger. Stop and then finally he goes, first of all, I'm not your bro. I'm like, yeah, you, you need to chill out with calling him bro. It's, yes, sir. Or Mr. Goldberg. Or thanks for the house. Exactly. Thanks for what you did for the business. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really know what Matt Riddle is really like in the background. I know the character that he portrays. I know what we've seen um, from his time during The Ultimate Fighter uh, and he he does definitely have, I call it skate skater dude attitude. Yeah, uh, pretty much like I, I wouldn't compare it to RVD, but almost a close. No, because RVD RVD's like seventies deadhead stoner attitude. Right. Well, I mean, Matt Riddle's definitely reminds me more of like nineties early two thousands era stoners, where it was I I would do something and break some of your stuff. You get angry at me, and I go, chill out, dude. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, you're going to tell me that you breaking my stuff is not a big deal? Okay, junkhead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a rare situation or different situation than most of the other ones on here. But anyway, the one that I said that surprised me, and John will probably disagree, just because, like we said before, most of the list didn't surprise us. But this one, I was just kind of like, Really? was Dolph Ziggler. Now, granted, it's like you said before, he hasn't really done much on TV to get over or had any kind of storyline that has helped build him up or helped put him into anything. But at the the same time, with his career that he's had in WWE, I would think that they would still keep him or at least try to do something with him. Yeah, I mean... Good, good talents like Ziggler. You know, he's a good. He was he was branded a good hand a long time ago, but the truth is, the truth is, Ziggler should have. In my opinion, this is just one person's opinion. In my opinion, Dolph Ziggler should have left on his own accord years ago. Yeah, I, I can see that. The fact that he didn't. I mean, it's very well documented. Like. Ziggler, Cardona, The Miz, and some of these other people that are really good friends backstage. The Miz has made a career for himself and has fought against his persona. Not his persona, but like I'm saying, the fact that he came in as a reality TV guy and had zero respect from the boys and wasn't allowed in the locker rooms for the first few years. Right. And has become a staple of the company. They know that if they put the Miz in a program with anybody, he'll get it over. Yeah. Um, Matt Cardona, you know, just like Ziggler, was a a fans wrestler, and when they were, you know, relegated to job status and mid card status and opening card status, the fans were behind them for so many years 
you know, and you know that's how Cardona became the internet champion. Yeah, uh, and Ziggler, you know, one of the biggest pops for a Money in the Bank cash in in the history of the Money of the Money in the Bank briefcase. Right. I'd go to the, say like one of the biggest pops in wrestling history. Yeah, so Ziggler was a fan favorite. He had all of the, I'd say what you would call the on paper. You know, check he checked all those boxes. I mean, the guy was oftentimes compared. His work rate was compared to Shawn Michaels. Right. Uh, he, he's good on the microphone. I won't go as far as to say that he's great on the microphone, but he's believable and he's had promos where that have been great. Yeah. Uh, not consistently, but like, yes, he has the ability to get to that level. Um, bad booking is his WWE's worst disease. But at the end of the day, too. A guy like Dolph Ziggler, what frustrates me is you got Matt Cardona, who's got half the talent of Dolph Ziggler, and goes and outworks everybody and makes a career for himself in the Indies now. And it's a look, look what they wasted, you know, look, look who they lost out on. Exactly. Cody did the same thing. Yeah. Ziggler didn't. Ziggler's been content for too many years to sit on the side and just take a paycheck. I don't blame the guy. I'm yeah. sure it's a good paycheck and it's not too much work. Right. And, you know, he's surrounded by beautiful women and he just, he's got all of his buddies. I, I get it, but, you know, he's he's become complacent. And I actually, I'm when I saw that he was released, I was happy. Not because I don't like Dolph Ziggler, because I actually do like Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. And I hope that this is a... Uh, a renaissance for his career. I hope this brings about a new awakening. I, I hope to see him get signed by AEW. And that would be the I, best thing I, because I think him and Ryan would probably take the tag team division by storm if they if you well, bring be, back that'd the be Hollywood cool to Hawks. do. I, I hope that just be. Per, I hope he stays as far away from his brother as possible. Uh, I want. I would love to see Dolph Ziggler come out and almost give like a CM Punk level promo and air out every grievance. I'd like to know that he's that fired up. Yeah. No, maybe he's not. Maybe he, like I say, maybe he really did, didn't have any problem whatsoever being booked into obscurity or being relegated to just being a gatekeeper and a good hand. Me, though, if I was him, and this is like I say, once again, it's my opinion, if I was him, I'd be pissed. Yeah. And it's like you said, you know, everybody has a different experience, and maybe he was happy with that situation, yeah. but we'll just have to wait and see. Honestly, I really hope that... AEW picks him up. They'd be crazy not to pick him up. I think he's. I think honestly, in this entire list, he's one of two. Yeah, that I, I actually want to see in AEW. I don't want to see AEW sign a bunch of uh, emotional talent because at the end of the day, a lot of these things. Oh, I can't believe they let so and so go. I can't believe like, it's that whole. It's high school goggles, you know. When, when you know when there's a person that you're like, oh, that person's useless and lame, and I don't care. And then, you know, senior year of high school, you're about to graduate, and you're like, oh, I'm going to miss you so much, dude, who I've only had, like, three conversations with that one time in freshman year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the, he, the rest of this list, I mean, I hope they do well from one person to another person. But there is, save for two or three people on the list total, maybe four. Yeah. The rest I, of them I don't really feel are worth the AEW budget at this current time. Yeah, the only one that I think would be worthy of it is Dolph Ziggler and the next one that we would get into we'll talk is about. that it would be Elias. Or Ezekiel. Or Ezekiel. <laughs> Depending on which one they want to go with. Actually I hope, yeah, he, I he, hope he, Elias. Well he finally after he got released, you know, broke K on that one and admitted that he was both. Yeah. 
Wait, like, I was shocked. Wait, he was both. I know, right? What? I know. It took me. It took me a couple hours to you know really process it, and you know I, there were there Every, were some tears shed. But, everything uh, I thought I knew has turned to dust now. I know. It's uh, it, it really hurts to be lied to. Wow. WWE did me dirty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. You know. But anyway, never forget hashtag right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Elias, I think, will be a great asset to AEW entertainment-wise. And as, I mean, because he, honestly, from the ones that are on that list, he's got the greatest physique, with the exception of Rick Boogs. I mean, Rick Boogs was tremendous shape. Yeah, I mean, I, Bo- Boogs, and, Boogs and Elias have the best physique. Of, you know, Ziggler's got that cut, uh, smaller physique, but you know, you see that on AEW a lot. Right. Um, guys that have that big, muscular physique, you know, AEW's got a few of them. But uh, Elias and Boogs definitely have some of the best, like, bigger man physiques in yeah. the business right now. And Elias is fantastic on the mic. He is. Uh, he if actually, you, if you give like, him if you go chance. back and look at some of his earlier work that he had before he came to WWE, um, he's, he's, better, he's better than we've been able to see. Yeah. The Elias character uh, really pigeonholed and strapped him down. Yeah, because uh, anytime that he would be given a microphone and a guitar, he'd play one note and then all of a sudden he'd get interrupted every single time. Yeah, and that whole, was the shtick. That was the yeah, that was the whole shtick. And it was funny ish until it got annoying because you actually did want to hear what the guy had to say and you couldn't. So I I'm once again, this this that's he's a guy that honestly should be dancing right now. Because he doing has cartwheels a, he, in the parking lot, you know, yeah, so he has a reason to move forward now. He has a yeah. reason to do something different. Because WWE, if he if he didn't already realize it, WWE wasn't going to make him a main event star. No, um, and he may not want to be a main event star, but he should want to make as much money as possible in as little amount of time being a professional wrestler. Absolutely, because everybody that's in the professional wrestling business has a ticking time bomb on their body. They don't know where. And they don't know when it's going to go off, but at some point, some body part's going to say, nope, can't do it anymore. Your run's over. Exactly. So, uh, I hope Elias, uh, you know, whether he whether he ends up in uh, AEW or Impact, I really hope AEW, not that I have anything against Impact, I just, um, I think that Elias is a big enough character that he should be on a televised program. Uh, and so, until Impact, you know, goes back to being national broadcast and not streaming-based, uh, I really just younger talent can go to AEW, kind of build a grassroots um, right. reputation. But guys who have already been over and should remain over, I think you say Ziggler and Elias, and of course with Riddle being gone. I mean, I think Riddle being in AEW would work really well with a lot of people. Uh, but then again, I say backstage issues. I have no idea what the deal is with Riddle, and obviously Tony Khan has shown that he's not the greatest. Uh, what do you call that? Disciplinarian like or mediator? Mediator of of backstage issues. Yeah, that's why I don't see Riddle going with AEW. No, I don't. Th- no. I don't think he'll be get picked up by anybody at this point, just for the whole situation that's going on with him right now. Yeah, I think but there'll probably be a delay of between. the ones that we've mentioned. Ziggler and Elias would benefit the most to go to AEW. Yeah, and then the rest of the. Uh, list on here. I mean, Shelton Benjamin. One female, I think, that I'd like to see in AEW. Uh, Mustafa Ali, like we said, Rick Boogs, Emma, Riddick Moss, Top Dollar, Aaliyah, Dana Brooke, Shanky, Mace, and Mansoor. Like, all those, I mean, have had a career. 
Like Shelton Benjamin has had the most. The only reason I don't care. The only reason I'm not talking about Shelton Benjamin is because at this point I think Shelton Benjamin can go ahead and put his hat up. Yeah. You know, call it a day. You know, either go and be a producer, an agent, uh, or go do something completely unrelated to professional wrestling entirely. Yeah. He's had a good career. Um, has he lived up to what the potential of the Shelton Bear, the Shelton Benjamin character could have been? Not really. Not at all. But now is not the time for him to do that. That exactly. was ten years ago. So, yeah. um, you know, like I say, hate to see Shelton Benjamin released. But once again, it's like there's nothing it's, that Shelton Benjamin was doing that was must see or that was even kind of want to see right. on on programming. And say everybody else on there, you haven't seen in weeks, months, or if you do see them, they're a thirty second jobber. They do it, their character has has nothing, is nothing. They have no. T- I mean, Mustafa Ali. They've tried so hard to get over. He's not getting over. He's not engaging like there's nothing about like i've said this over and over i don't understand why people have any kind of like for mustafa ali he's to me he is he is white bread all right like that's it like has sustenance but is you know over and over and over again you kind of see the same thing and you get kind of sick and tired of it right uh i just there's nothing about him that that sparkles shines or differentiates himself from Anybody else that came from 205 Live. Yeah. And who's the, uh, the female wrestler that you were thinking Emma. of? See, I think, I, see, I think Emma, the work that Emma did, the work, here's where I come from. The work Emma did in NXT before they moved her onto the main roster and tried to turn her into a sex object again showed great workmanship in the ring and a great ability to be a heel. And when they brought her in, they gave her like a 10 second tryout and then tried to make her all the things that she wasn't the best at. They went away from really making her a, a, a heel, you know, somebody who was conniving. And, you know, she went over to Impact, did great. Yeah. It playing that role. See, and honestly, I feel like she'll go back to Impact. I think she's, there's a high chance she goes back to Impact. But I think that AEW would be a fantastic place for her to go. Because like I said, I really want to see that women's division succeed. Yes. And you take somebody with her experience and with her credibility. Uh, you know, she, she does have a great work rate in the ring. And there are a lot of talents that she could work with that she has either done some probably some ba- some, some dark work with in the past so she's there's already a familiarity. Yeah. But there's also some talents that she's never gotten to work with, and it'd be really cool to see her work with those talents. Yeah. So, um, no, I hope Emma is the only female that was released that I actually think should even continue to wrestle after the release. Yeah. I can Everybody see that. else, I would say, go find another job. Like Dana Brooke, go work in real estate in California, sell a house. You got a better face for flipping houses than you do for professional wrestling at this point. Wow. Man. Like Silicon <laughs> Barbie don't don't bump well. And, <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, that's the free agent list from WWE. That's that's gonna be our part two for this segment. But you know, let us know what your thoughts are on all this. Let us know who you think would benefit in different uh, promotions, where you think people would go, and just some different ideas for what you want to see these guys do. I mean, you may have different opinions on some of the ones that have not really been showcased very much, but we want to hear your opinions. Like I said, let us know on social media. And if you disagree with John, let him know personally. But anyway, we have another segment that we want to try and get into. It hasn't really been advertised a whole lot as far as like storylines go, but with AEW's new 
uh, pay-per-view event coming up this weekend. It's going to be Wrestle Dream in Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington, correct. October first, Wrestle, Wrestle Dream. Wrestle Dream, which now we thought about. Is it, like, is, is it me or does that just like does that just remind you of like old school like NWA, yeah. JC, J, like Jim Crockett promotions, like that yeah, Wrestle Dream. I know, right? Uh, with this one. We thought at first about making this another pay-per-view event where we put something on the line and it raised the stakes a little bit, like with John's armpit hair. Yep. But the thing about this one is, I think this is the first time that we've done anything with a pay-per-view event and we agreed on every single match card or every single match on the card. Yeah. Like we both agreed on who we think is going to go over, who's going to win the matches and everything. So, Which we'll like, share we'll with you. Go, but, yeah. But we'll, honestly, there's no use in having a bet. Yeah, with no with no disagreement. Exactly. So. so we'll probably save it for the next pay per view event with WWE. I think it's going to be Fastlane, which will be sometime at the end of October, I think, or sometime mid October. I mean, at this point, it seems like we're going to be getting monthly content, um, and I think from AEW pretty soon we're going to be getting monthly content. And so between WWE and AEW, we're going to be probably getting two um, you know pay per views, premium live events, whatever you want to call them at right. this point. Um, each month. Yeah, and that's going to give us a chance to raise the stakes and do some more bets, and hopefully I won't have to lose any armpit hair, and we'll, well hopefully, you... hopefully you'll lose some. I only have so much body hair. Nah, yeah, I was about to say, you have the least out of all of us. I have the most to lose well, in that That's what situation. I'm saying. Like, we can only do this so many times before I'm a dolphin. Right. Well, I mean, it's not going to be body hair ripping off every single time. It's going to be different things, which, I mean, next time we might try and do something where we go to Sweat Academy with uh, Logan Stevens and all of them and see... Yep. Uh, like five little, chops. Yeah, five chops to the chest. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I'm regretting regretting now saying that. No, but. no, it's it's yeah. We've already we've already pretty much locked that one in stone. When, yeah. when we do have a our next, uh, you know, what we call dis, uh, a disagreement of gentlemen around a uh, a card. That will be the that will be the next one. I say that one will be on the YouTube channel and. I think there will probably be a teaser for it on TikTok as well. So yeah, and we'll it. have the one of John getting his uh, arm. Oh yeah, that's like definitely. That. I'm 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 not super excited about that at all. <laughs> I, uh, I go to bed every night looking at my my few uh, piddly armpit hairs and <laughs> I wish them well. They have no idea what's coming to them. It's it's quite sad actually. Hey, a bet's a bet. Yep. But anyway, we're gonna go over the card real quick and just give our thoughts on it and. If you have disagreements with us on it and you have different opinions, let us know on social media. But we're going to get into it. This is in no particular order of how the match card is actually going to go. This is just from what we have on our notes right now. So we'll kind of start with some of the ones that are really just easy to predict. Like The first one being for the TBS Championship, we have Chris Statlander defending against Julia Hart. I mean, it's... Pretty obvious. Statlander's not going to drop the title. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even know if that's going to be a five-minute match, much yeah, less. That might be like... Well, I would go five ten minute maybe. I would hope so. I, I you know, like I said, I've seen a little bit of Julia Hart working. She hasn't really at any at any point worked with any major talents, uh, to to the best of my knowledge. Now I don't watch uh, Dark or uh, what was the other one? Elevation. Elevation. Yeah. So uh, I can't remember the last time I watched. I don't. Any of yeah, them. I don't know who all she's wrestled, but as far as like on Collision or Dynamite, uh, I've seen some enhancement talents, and then I've seen some you know. Um, you know, I would call them. I I win maybe once every twenty or thirty matches. Yeah, talents. Um, so I think she can go. I think she has talent. I actually really like Julia Hart. Yeah, uh, I do too. Like I, I but honestly she's, think she's but, not beating Chris Statlander. No, there's no way. She's, I don't even really know that she's going to put on 
that much of a match. I think I think Statlander goes over and Statlander goes over strong. If I had to predict anything, there will be a challenger that comes right out and they set up the next, they set up the real program right. at the end of this match. Yeah. And then we've also got uh, FTR versus Aussie Open, and it's for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. This is yeah. I'm not betting. I'm not betting against FTR ever again. Yeah. Because it's already costed me armpit hair, and I'm not going to lose anymore. Well, plus with this one, I mean, Aussie Open is a great team, and they have been a great team in New Japan and all over the world. But this is not the moment where FTR loses the title, and this is not the team that they drop them to. No. Um, Yeah, you don't. You don't win the match that the FTR won during All In and All Out and then lose to Aussie Open. Exactly. I think Aussie Open will be tag team champions oh, yeah, down the road. Absolutely. But yeah, it's just not, not going to be at, at uh, Wrestle Dream. Yeah. And then we also have Better Than You Bay Bay with MJF and Adam Cole defending their Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships against The Righteous. Now, I have only caught glimpses and watched a little bit of some things from, uh, with Ring of Honor. I I understand The Righteous is a well-developed tag team in Ring of Honor, but at the same time, the I don't see Cole and Cole MJF, and MJF. Are the two most over two most over uh, talents that exactly. AEW has. Yeah, they're, they're not, they're not going to. The drop only them. possibility that The Righteous wins is if this is the point where MJF or Cole turn on each other, which I don't. But see I that don't being see that, that we're. We're we're getting the glimpses of MJF getting frustrated with the Roderick Strong thing, right? Like we did on on Wednesday night, but it hasn't been built enough. I mean, if they were going to really do it, they would have done it at All In. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that they didn't do it at All In, I would guess we're not going to see a turn until we get closer to uh, Double or Nothing. But now I will say this because this is something that literally just came to my mind like just two seconds ago. We. Said almost the exact same thing with some of the match card with All In in London, and we lost. We, were, we lost a lot of them. Now, granted, the ones that we were betting against, like had disagreements on, those were the ones that yeah we had pretty good ideas for. But the other ones, like the whole six man tag where Takeshita beat Omega, we didn't see that coming at all. So I don't. I don't want to say maybe we're jumping the gun on this and just over I, I get what you're saying but and as much as I I as much as I agree with what you're saying I think all in at Wembley is a very different monster yeah than Wrestle Dream in Seattle Washington yeah yeah I, I see but that's just something that just popped into like, my mind like in, maybe this is something where it hasn't been built up enough but maybe there's something that's going to kind of cause a twist or something that's going to make this a notable event yeah, in some where, way, where, shape, where or form. I think where we had where we were short sighted in all in was we forgot that what that pay per view the first all in was about, and I think what there was a return to in the in this all in at Wembley was it was about the future, it was about moving from the past and the present forward, and that's exactly what they did in all in. It was the the talents that were established that that were already established even before all in but that were you know really you know put to the forefront of you know the national stage that have you know been in the top card for the last few years since all in doing favors for the younger talent and getting them pushed and escalated but 
that you know that's like a wrestlemania that's wrestlemania yeah you know this is wrestle dream uh this is the first one of its iteration or the first of its kind you know I'm not going to book or I'm not going to have the same mentality of how they're going to book a WrestleMania than they do at a No Mercy or a Backlash. Yeah. You know, or Unforgiven. Yeah. I'm, I'm old. I'm giving those old pay-per-views that, no, yeah, uh, I, I that are now those... becoming NXT pay-per-views. I know, right? They're being recycled and it makes me feel super good. Like It makes me feel so special. Exactly. <laughs> so then we have a four-way tag team match to determine the number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team titles. You've got Hook and Orange Cassidy going up against the Young Bucks, going against the Lucha Brothers, and against the Guns. We both agree. Like We've seen the Young Bucks and FTR before. We've seen Lucha Brothers and FTR. The only ones that make sense of this are Hook and Cassidy and the Guns. Now, the theory that we had is that Hook and Cassidy are too new of a team to even be considered for number one contendership. Now, with that, that might be something that they do for Dynamite or Collision or whichever, just to have a match on the card. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how bought in they are with the whole Hook and, and Orange Cassidy thing yeah, right now. I think it's just And if they there. are if they are going to move them forward, it's going to take a while to get them fluent and over with the crowd and everything like that. The Lucha Brothers and FTR and the Young Bucks and FTR have had so many matches that's not to say that they may not give us another dose of it again. Right. But of the ones there, the one that makes the most sense is the guns. Yeah, the guns house, you know, and the only reason that one makes sense is because of the Bang Bang Gang. Exactly. You got Bullet Club Gold with Juice Robinson and Jay White, and then you got Austin and Colton Gunn. They're pretty much running rough shot on collision right now. Yep. And I think that this will be the one that makes the most sense. And honestly, I think at some point soon we might see Bullet Club Gold going up against uh La Faction and Gobernable. That'd be fantastic. Because you had their match with Andrade and Jay White this past Saturday on uh, Collision. Absolutely fantastic It was a great match. match. And then uh, this coming Saturday, they're going to have Juice Robinson going against Andrade. So I feel like we're about to see uh, the faction come back. Because you had Preston Vance and then uh, Drillistico, I think is who it was. Uh They apparently have gone through this segment where they've been beaten and taken to Mexico to try and bring out that fire, back oh, yeah. that killer instinct. And then you got Roosh, who's trying to bring that out in them. So I think it's going to happen at some point, where we're going to have a four-on-four team between Bullet Club Gold and Lefaccion and Gobernable. Yeah, I just like the... Uh, I like the vignette say that there. It reminds. It actually reminds me of Lucha Underground. Yeah. Um, just the way that those uh, Good old Lucha vignettes Underground. are... You know, Lucha Underground, like if you actually go back and watch it, first of all, the first... I would say the first two and a half, three seasons... Uh, were really solid. Yeah. Uh, and they introduced the American viewers to uh, Penta. Yeah. Uh, and in multiple different varieties. Um, <laughs> Ray Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Andrade was on was on there uh, for a match or two. Yeah. Um, and they even had some surprises on there. Ray Mysterio was Ray on there. Ray Mysterio for a uh, was uh, versus Ray Phoenix uh, for one of the one of the best matches they had on. Yeah, there. Uh, the you know uh, Prince Puma, also known as Ricochet. Ricochet. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you if you guys have never heard of Lucha Underground, go back and watch it. It's it's a very very different um, flavor of professional wrestling. Yeah. But it's honestly, really that's good. what's kind of great about it. Yeah, it's like professional wrestling told with like telenovela, soap opera style. Yeah, 
like also like Mexican cartel like yeah background. It's its own style, but it gives it a different variety. Yeah, but like the, a lot of the talent that uh, that you see on AEW, WWE, and um, you know and AAA um, nowadays that are top stars were were not to say cutting their teeth, but they're say their first. Big style production wrestling promotion was Lucha Underground. So, exactly. Uh, but like you know, you so you take uh, we're, we're we're on right now. We've got so we we're on uh, the four way match to determine number of contenders. But then, uh, are we want to move on to the next one, or did you have something that you wanted to? No, I just like, I wanted to say with, with the faction uh, Ingobernables versus the Bang Bang Gang. That's one of those where I really do think um, there it'll really help get. But it's one of those where it, it benefits both. Right. Now th- this is this is not the finalized card, I would assume, because I'm sure they're probably going to announce some more matches on Dynamite and Rampage and Collision. I mean, they got at, a pretty good, they got a pretty stacked card at this point. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they'll probably have a zero hour where they have yeah. like one match here and there, which that might be the four way match to determine number one contenders. But moving on, we've got the TT Championship being defended in a two out of three falls match between Christian Cage and Darby Allen. I feel like this is the one where Darby Allen's going to take the victory over this. Luchasaurus is finally going to get tired of Christian and turn on him and cost cost him the victory. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't, I don't, I don't see it yet. Like I, I, I don't, I don't. Honestly, the the, the whole Chris, Christian can do the whole thing right now without Luchasaurus entirely. Right. Um, so that's why I'm thinking because if you watch the match with Collision. On this past Saturday, with uh, the three-way match with him and uh, Christian Cage and uh, Darby Allen, yep, there were moments during the match where there was some friction between the two, no, and that, that was part of the storyline. That's part of the storyline. Um, this is like a, this was the only one that even came close to being like not wholly, wholly or fully bought in. But yeah, but with the two out of three falls stipulation, it takes away Christian's cheap, cheap wins, right? Um, so yeah, this was one of those where I was like, I'm not willing to get chopped five times in the chest for Christian Cage on this one. Uh, <laughs> so I, I will, I will relegate this to Darby Allen. Uh, Darby needs to win it at this point. That, or they need to move him into a different. Yeah, I, I agree. Title contention. Yeah. Then we go to the six man tag where you have Chris Jericho teaming with Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi to take on the Don Callis family of Sammy Guevara, Kanosuke Takeshita, and Will Ospreay. Yeah. For this, uh, it makes more sense for the Don Callis family to win this because they need to get over. Well, they need to get over. Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing is, is wrestling psychology. Not to say that we're going to use any of that because <laughs> obviously uh, we've seen that wrestling psychology is not important to a lot of people that are booking. Exactly. But uh, good wrestling psychology would say that your faction that you're trying to get over as a new dominant force in your uh, federation, association, championship, whatever uh, – <laughs> They need to win. They do. They need to be dominant. Exactly. They, they need to uh, to beat many people and take titles. Exactly. Uh, I don't think they're you know they're definitely not at a level where they're they're ready to talk about tag team champions or or world champions. But you know you've got people like Sammy who has been a champion in AEW already. Um, you know the company obviously is very much behind Takeshita. Yeah. Even though. I don't think he's all that. Uh, I not to say that I don't think he's talented or good, but like when I sit there and think about all the Japanese talent that's come through AEW, I guess Takeshita is just who they could get to sign on the dotted line. 
Maybe so. Um, I'm sure that in in time he'll grow into the one that is going to be the top star for them eventually. Because, I mean, with Don Callis as his mouthpiece, that's the best thing they can do for him At the end of the day, the best thing about Takeshita is Don Callis. Exactly. Uh, And then, let's say, I'm always in for Will Ospreay coming in. Yeah. I, so think, yeah, I, I think I, Will Ospreay is that wild card that's going to give them the edge in this. Yeah, so, and I, I think I, th- I think they win this because the Don Callis family needs to actually look dominant. And I think that Don Callis being in charge of a group is great for AEW. Yes, for sure. And then we have Eddie Kingston versus Katsuyori uh, Shibata. I think this one is title for title with the Ring of Honor uh, World Championship and the Pure Championship on the line. But this one... I. It makes sense that Eddie Kingston wins this just because they just put the belt on him after he beat uh, Castagnoli yeah. for it. Once again, wrestling psychology. I mean, if I was in the if I was in the back room booking this, uh, and someone told me this guy just beat Claudio Castagnoli, and now we're gonna have him drop the belt to Shibata, it, it doesn't make sense. I would I'd be banging my fists on the table, just yelling, you know, how about how stupid this is. Exactly. Um, I swear I'm getting more and more like Jim Cornette as the years are going on. I'm not, a fan. I'm not happy with it. But at I know, the same right? Time, I'm not as upset as I would would have thought I would be. Right. Uh, yeah, no, the psychology doesn't make any sense for him to get that big win over Claudio and then immediately drop the belt to Shibata. Yeah. Now, if this was just a straight match, I'd pick Shibata all day. Yeah. But given the stakes of the match, I feel like Eddie's got to win. He's got to... Uh, this has got to be his solidifier match as champion. Yes. You know, gives him that, like I say, he's got credit from beating Castanelli, but he needs to show that he can defend the titles. Yeah, exactly. So this is this is that match, and yeah, I put Kingston over. Uh, it'll be a good match, too. Oh, yeah, uh, for think, sure. It's going to be that this strong. this might be Dark Horse, one of the best, ma- the best match on the card. Yeah, it's going to be one of those Japanese strong-style, hard-hitting matches that we all know and love, and yep. it's, it's going to be nothing short of amazing. Then you have Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. With this one being in Swerve's hometown, yep. there's no way that Swerve's losing this one. It does. AEW has proven itself to be very carny. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we were talking about this before. Leave, leave the people happy. You know, if, if you got a hometown boy, I mean, like at the end of the day, like I almost say, like if, if Eddie and Claudio had that match that they just had at Grand Slam in Ohio, I would say Claudio's winning that match. Yeah. But because it was in New York... It's it gonna was, be Eddie. it was Eddie all day. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's gonna be Strickland. They also need to push Strickland. Yeah, they do. I mean, he's uh, a great he's a great talent. talent. Um, he's never really been given the push that he needs since he joined AEW. Yeah. I I, I still say he came into AEW hotter than he's than he's ever been while in a, AEW. Yeah. Uh, him and Keith Lee and a bunch of other people, they came in with all we we, we had all the starry eyed hope in the world. And it just didn't work out. So yeah. uh, with Strickland, they do. They need to push him. He's a hometown boy. So I just, I, I, I don't see him not. I don't see him losing this. And I always root for Hangman to lose. Yeah. And then we have the main event labeled the Dream Match, where you have Brian Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. This is every bit of what it said. It is exactly. A dream Match. Now it would have been a little bit more of a Dream Match, like five, ten, you know, five years ago when, yeah. when Brian. First came back on the scene. Um, not to say that he's missed a step, but let's just face it, youth is what youth is. And at one point they had uh, a Daniel Bryan who could wrestle and a Zack Sabre Jr. who was wrestling. Granted, yes, singular contract in the 205 Live Series, uh, but still, they had Zack Sabre Jr. They had Daniel Bryan. 
I guess maybe the the there was it two ships passing in the night because Brian was the was doing commentary at that time. Yeah, I think maybe he hadn't announced that he was cleared to wrestle again yet. Yeah, but I I just kind of remember thinking, man, you have both guys in the company at the same time and they're not wrestling. Yeah. So, so they're missing out. Now we're getting it. Exactly. Um, so It's th- going to be a great match, It's going to be a fantastic match. Um, and what I really love about these two guys is that it's going to be a fantastic match, but it's not going to be a, just the same stuff. By the, They're not just going to do their greatest hits. These guys, what they do so well, what, what Daniel Bryan does so well, is he has a style, he wrestles that style, but he also does things that are outside of his box in these big matches so that it's not just the same things again. Right. You know, like I don't, I'm not trying to just be harping on people, but like Kenny Omega does the same things in every match. They're amazing. And he knows where to place them and he knows how to make them count. Exactly. So that is like a master of your profession, but Kenny Omega does the same stuff in every match. Yeah. We just talked about Kingston and Shibata. We know exactly what kind of match that's going to be. Yes. We're not going to be surprised when it's Japanese strong style from bell to bell. But with this, we're going to get, I think we're going to get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, We're going to get some, we're we're obviously going to get some European strong style. We're going to get some uh, Lucha Libre, Japanese, you know, Dragon Gate style. Like, we're going to get a, cornucopia of wrestling yeah. styles we're gonna get some match. hardcore probably some you know uh brutal you know that's not professional wrestling that's you know a car accident yeah exactly here and there it's it's gonna be fantastic. it's gonna be a healthy mix of everything yeah i'm i'm super excited about it and, and like anybody who anybody who's a wrestling fan should be excited about this and if, you, if you're not excited uh check your pulse or go back and do your research. Exactly. This is going to be a fantastic match. It's. Uh, I just hope that I. And I just I say this with all the sh- you know. I hope that I'm not completely burnt out on professional wrestling by the time this match comes on. Because the only the only issue I have with with looking at this card is that I'm afraid it's going to be like it was in Forbidden Door, where we have a lot of. Really great wrestling, but not a lot of storytelling. Yeah. We have a lot of 20 and 30 minute matches. And by the time they go on, it's 12 o'clock midnight. And we've already watched four hours of straight pure wrestling. Right. I mean, and this is probably one of those pay-per-view events where we don't really give our reviews afterwards. Because like we said, we pretty much agreed on every single match yeah. on this card. I mean, it's, so, po- it's possible to say this card could be, well, listen, once again, we could be completely wrong on everything we're saying. And yeah. we'll be the first ones to come out and admit to it. And we'll give our take on all that uh, if that's the case. But yeah, no, I really do. I feel like this is going to be more of a, this is a pure wrestling pay-per-view. This is not a storyline pay-per-view. They might move forward a couple storylines at the end of matches, but really these matches aren't purely storyline based. They're much more, Give me a five-second story to give me a five-minute you know, minute match. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's what we're going to get here. But like I said, it's going to be fantastic wrestling. Yeah. And if you like fantastic wrestling and no storylines, this is going to be the pay-per-view for you. Go and check it out. Go download it wherever it's available. I know Leisure Report does it. Fight TV probably has it somewhere. But if you want to check it out, October 1st, go and check it out. That's our reviews on that. 
If you have any different opinions on the match card and what you think is going to happen, let us know on social media. We want to hear your thoughts and opinions. I mean, I do need the toilet paper. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, John, you ready for some reviews? Buddy, I've been waiting all night for you to ask me that question. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So, we have our high spots and our botches for this week. So, I thought we'd get into our high spots first. So, what was your high spot for this week? So, this is a pretty solid week of wrestling. Uh, I mean, with Grand Slam, you know, going on and, you know, WWE's WWE, they are pretty consistent right now. Not to say consistent great or consistent terrible, just, you know, consistent. Um... But if I had to pick anything, the the high spot to me was actually the vignette work done uh, during Grand Slam, the Grand, the Dynamite Grand Slam yeah. on Wednesday. Uh, I fully expected. I mean, with the card and everything, it's great, great card for Grand Slam. Fantastic matches, great wrestling. Um, you know, some matches better than others, obviously. But I fully expected Grand Slam to be. A lot of wrestling and not a lot of storytelling, not a lot of production. Uh, you know, three, four matches on, on Dynamite, three, four matches on Rampage. You know, 10, 15, 20-minute matches. Um, minimal, entertain, minimal entertainment outside of the ring. Right. And boy, was I wrong. Uh, and like I said, my high spot was, was the vignette work. The uh, MJF uh, knockoff of the old Bret Hart. It's Bret Hart. Yeah. Um, where he gives the kid his, his, his glasses. Yeah. But the MJF version, he gives the kid his scarf, whispers in his ear. And the kid and looks the up at his dad goes, Dad, I'm, I'm adopted. adopted. <laughs> I mean, that... that, that that's that our was, scumbag. That's our scumbag. And it, <laughs> it, I mean, it popped me. It was great. It was awesome. But the one that popped me the hardest was the vignette uh, with, with Roddy and Adam Cole and the kingdom uh in in the the, the hotel in the hospital in the hospital bed uh that's and, where we get the tagline and you know what's one. funny is like i don't i don't think i've ever seen roddy in this kind of a character before yeah and i absolutely love it it's hilarious it is fantastic uh i mean the just the you know like the grating of the bed and him just like the look on his face i mean it's, it's it's character work. It's character work that I've never seen from a, uh, you know a guy I've been watching for fifteen plus years at this point. Yeah, um, it's entertaining. It's engaging. It's putting this. It's getting the story forward. Um, it's the stuff that they're doing that I that I want to see more of. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're doing it so well. So even if they're only doing it in these little bits and pieces here, fine, I'll take them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, those are de- those definitely my high spot. The, those vignettes, as I say, they're they're funny, uh, th- but they say they're also adding to the story. They're not just they're not just funny for the sake of funny. You know, it's not like one of those stupid you know food matches where you know you're gonna brawl and there's gonna be a food fight. Yeah. Like uh, you know every Thanksgiving on WWE, there's a food fight. Exactly. You know, and it's not just stupid funny. Like I say, it's funny, but it either hurts someone's character. This is funny. And it's getting you more invested. Yeah, exactly. So I'm all for it. See, my high spot this week, going off of Grand Slam, I would say my high spot was the MJF Samoa Joe match. Yeah. Just because this match was entertainment from bell to bell. Great storytelling from the beginning to the end. Yep. I thought this was probably the best match of the week, in my opinion. It's a fantastic match. And once again, it's a, it's a the MJF shows in this match, and Joe works with them perfectly here. I was very, I was honestly, truthfully, I was concerned with this match. I was like, this is a very 
drastically different pairing. And I was like, how are they gonna how are they gonna have this match? Because obviously MJF's not losing. Right. How are they gonna have this match where one, MJF is believable that he can beat Samoa Joe. Yeah. And two, where he beats him but still maintains this character that they're working to create with him right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, like there's that room for him to cheat, you know, do eye pokes and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And but they're still like right now the way that they're telling the story, I'm like, okay, I'm not expecting, you know, a five person beatdown to come from the back, you know, to help MJF win. Right. Or for MJF to, you know, just go full on, you know, cheating nasty heel. Or to have Adam Cole roll his leg as he's trying to run to the ring to help him. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, so the way they did it, and once again, the thing that MJF and Adam Cole, but MJF in this match, are doing so well, heads and tails above any other wrestling in AEW, is making every little thing count. Yes. Engaging the fans, having them involved in the match without letting them take over the match. And I say, and then being able to do spots here and there that make, you know, that get the, the crowd up. But don't necessarily kill the, the performer. The, ca- the kangaroo kick. Still, to this day, just kangaroo, gets me. Like, you know, it at these... this point, the kangaroo kick could could possibly at one day reach people's elbow status. Yeah, I can see it. Like, when you talk about it. Or, or the worm. Or the worm. Or the five knuckle shuffle. Yeah. All you know, these, like, just... Nothing moves. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Does not do anything to the fist opponent. Drop, fist drop, chop, drop kick. Exactly. It's... Elbow drop. Yeah, it's like, like when the, have you the seen a person... The rock people's elbow over as a joke. Yeah. It's like, when have you ever seen somebody win a match with those moves? Well, the Rock's won a lot of matches Well, yeah, he has won a lot with people's elbow, but when have you seen Cena win with a five knuckle shuffle? Or... Uh, Scotty Too Hotty win with the Worm. Scotty Too Hotty won a lot of his all of his matches with the Worm. Granted, but a lot of times I'll, was, give, I'll give you that one because yeah. you know you're not. You're, you, yeah, this is before my time. This is before your time. Yeah, thank but, you for aging yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, look at that. He that's the glory of professional wrestling. Like you take, it's about the entertainment. Yes, the believability is, is key here. But, you know, the bionic elbow? Since when was the bionic elbow the, the be-all, end-all? But when Bessie Rhodes the bionic elbow, it... It people, brought the crowd to their feet. Yeah, it brought the crowd to their feet. Exactly. Yeah. By, you know, so the, the kangaroo kick, the people's elbow, the worm, you know, the final show, it's about the showmanship. It's about, you know, the believability of the character, not necessarily of the move itself. Right. Because let's face it, if we're talking about believability, uh, I'm pulling back from last week. I didn't get, to, I forgot to say something about it, but it it grinded my gears, and so I, <laughs> old old crotchety old man here needs to. Uh, I love Britt Baker, and I love the match that she had um, with uh, Hikaru Shida, the other uh, or no Tony Storm. Yeah, but I absolutely hated the fact that a Panama Sunrise, a Stomp, and a um, Angel's Wings were all used back to back to back and that there was a kick out. Yeah. Because it pretty much just waters down. Watered down everything. every single one of those moves. Yeah. And none of those moves should be watered down. Yeah. Because the, none of them is just is, is an elbow drop. I'm still sore that the super kick has been watered down as much as it has. Oh, trust me. Believe me, as I say, as a, as, you know, a, a child who sits under the tree of Shawn Michaels and goes... 
Dear Lord Sean. Uh, that was a little bit sacrilegious. I, 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 I was about to say. Yeah, no. <laughs> I in no way, shape, or form endorsed any cult following for Shawn Michaels, but there was once upon a time where the super kick was one and done. Yeah, exactly. And now you can have 15 super kicks in the course of 30 seconds and the guy doesn't even fall to the ground. Right. So, um, you know, and it happened to the DDT as well. But say, that's just because say, you have performers who don't know how to perform. Right. They're, they're talented as professional wrestlers, but they're not talented as performers. MJF and Samoa Joe are talented performers. This, this match was fantastic. 100%. But it wasn't fantastic because it was... A you know MMA style beatdown match you know right. like we've seen Samoa Joe do with different wrestlers from here and there like this wasn't Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles yeah this wasn't Samoa Joe versus CM Punk this wasn't Samoa Joe versus Christopher Daniels or Kurt Angle yeah this was its own thing and it was fantastic absolutely so now we get into our botches for the week so since I let you start with your uh, high spot I'll go ahead and start with my botch for the week with mine it was it comes from WWE. Where Dominic Mysterio attempted to do the Three Amigos and nearly broke Cody's neck in the process. And this is just one of those things where I understand it's a botch. And I know Dominic has done Three Amigos countless times. It's pretty much just three suplexes in a row. Yeah, I mean, even given his age, he's not terribly... He's not a terrible worker. No, he's not. This is just one of those moments where it's just like... Oh, you need to work on that a little bit more. Well, I just don't think these two really have chemistry in the ring, which is no. why I think that the low spot is just the fact that they were in the ring and get together again at all. Yeah, but I totally agree with you that yeah that that looked dangerous, but not at, like not in the fun way. Yeah, the, it was like oh my gosh, I hope they're okay. Yeah, that, so yeah, I but hopefully he didn't break somebody's neck yeah. during that. But yeah, that was that was pretty much my boss, just plain and simple. Uh, what what do you got for this week? Um, so it's, it's hard for me to say this, but like the, the botch of it is, for me was the, the, the match itself and the end between Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. And I hate to say it as a botch because there was a lot of really great stuff in there and both guys worked their butt off, but where it's getting, it's getting hard for me to watch Chris Jericho matches at this point. I love Chris Jericho so much. And he's done so much for this business, and his his work rate. I'm not blaming him. I mean, the guy's been wrestling above head and shoulders above his peers for 30 years. Right. But we're getting to the point now where I I can't remember the last Chris Jericho match in the last year or so that hasn't had multiple botches and mis- miscues. You know, where they're just straight up not connecting at all. Yeah. Uh, or it, just, it makes me nervous every time that he goes for a lion salt because the last ones that he has done yeah. have pretty much almost been to the point where he's nearly landed on his head. Yeah, so it's, it's it really is. It's, 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 it, it makes you nervous. Like, I'm, I'm nervous for him. I'm nervous for the talent in the ring with him. And there's just no need for it. Right. Like, Chris Jericho can be part of every hour of every segment of every, you know, live event that the AEW has, but he doesn't need to be in the ring. Right. And I guess, you know, it's his choice when he wants to hang it up. So that's, I'm not going to sit there and say that he should retire and never wrestle again, but it's just, at this point, it's, it's not the best use of the talent. Um, 
And so I just, yeah, I'm just kind of ready for, I'm ready for Chris to not be in these matches anymore. Uh, and also this, the, the whole swerve, like the thing with Sammy and now he's going to go with Don Callis. I hope it's not a botch. I hope that it gets to the next level for Sammy. But we've already kind of seen the the heel Sammy turning on people and doing his own thing. Right. And then they realize the crowd doesn't like that. And so then they go completely against it. I, I, I love Sammy. But for some reason, he hasn't quite figured out how to be successful outside of a Jericho faction. Yeah. So, Which, and hopefully this will be the chance for him to do that. Yeah, but so we'll like, I said, I, I, like I said, I don't like saying it botch, but at the end of the day, I just, like I said, I I don't like seeing these Chris Jericho matches that make me worried that, you know, he's going to hurt someone or he's going to get hurt. Yeah. But for the win this week, I gave it to AEW, obviously, with all the events yeah. that they've had going on with uh, Dynamite Grand Slam. And with the matches on Collision, but yeah, I just felt like that was an easy win for AEW for this week. Oh yeah, I mean they they had a pay per view on split between two shows, whereas WWE is just you know continuing on the course to Fastlane. Right. But guys, that's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Like we said before, we are on social media. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube is coming up soon. We'll let you know the dates on that as it gets closer to time. And as always, keep it five stars.